0: Stand on it Come on, man. Stand, stand, on, on it. stand on it
1: Stand Speedway proudly presents Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the eastern United States, here's Rapping on Racing
2: Good afternoon and welcome to Rapping on Racin' January 2nd, 2023. I hope all of our listeners had a wonderful holiday. I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Tyler Harris has two great guests on today's program, Big Block Modified Driver Colton Walters, and Rush Sportsman Modified Champion at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Jacob Jordan. Remember, Rapping on Racing is one of the most popular weekly auto racing programs on the East Coast. We are celebrating our 44th year. Rapping on Racing is available weekly, and you can listen on Apple TV, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and RappingonRacing.com. The program is available 24-7 and 365 days of the year. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, and I hope your new year is wonderful. This is the Banker Bob Thought for this evening. Life can only really be understood when looking backward. Unfortunately, you must live it looking forward.
3: At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust, but with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1 800 894 4455. That's 1 800 894 Forty four fifty-five and now more rapid on racing with Don Gamble and Tyler
4: Harris. On Rapid On Racing tonight is a big block modified driver. His name is Colton Walters. Colton. Welcome to Rapid On Racing. How are you tonight?
5: Pretty good, Tyler. Yourself?
4: I am doing well. How is your off-season going? How is preparations for the 2023 season coming along?
5: Uh, It's been pretty good so far. A couple little hiccups uh, in the road here. Uh, Dad's got to get a new replacement here in uh, two weeks. So he'll be uh, hopefully walking better this coming race season. So that'll be good. And uh, no, it's all good. Um, Working on my race car. Working 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 on sponsorship stuff, uh, working on Paps race car. God, that's scary. <laughs> I never thought I'd have to say that again. But uh working on Pap's race car too when I can. But uh no, it's it's been pretty good, bud.
4: I tell you what, you guys look like you have been having a blast, especially your pap, jumping back in a race car for the first time in umpteen years, and he comes home with a win.
5: Yeah, fifteen years, but uh Yeah, it was 14 or 15 years and he, uh, God, I was, I was just hoping that the thing came home in one piece. Okay. I just wanted to, I, I worked, me and dad, we worked so hard on that thing just to go because, uh, not this past summer, summer before I lost my other grandfather to cancer and it's one of them things where Pat's 80 and it's like, man, we've got to get this for him because you never know life happens. But, uh, We just, our goal was just to take it and make all the laps and it didn't break. He starts last in his heat race, drives it straight to the front. I'm like, oh god, okay cool. So feature time comes there was three pills in the bucket. It was start straight up, invert half the field, or invert the full field. Well, invert full field, starts the tail, drives to the front, wins it by a straightaway and I'm like, son of a bitch. Now he's hooked and uh, no, which is great It's you know And it's so funny when I go places And I talk to people and they're like Oh well your grandfather raced any I'm like yeah he's still racing And they're like what And it's like well yeah And they're like but he's 80 And I'm like he's 80 years old And still has his class A CDL Like <laughs> the, dude's, the dude's a machine I'm not going to stop him And And you know what God bless him if he wants to keep doing it And he's able I'm going to be there to support it as long as I can too, because I mean, it is cool. And it's very sentimental for me because, you know, now I just need to get my dad one. So them two can race, but, uh, yeah, that's all the hassle I need. I'd have to put my own racing on pause. We'd be going, we'd be going world outlaw vintage racing.
4: (laughs) 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 <laughs> we could we talk about Larry Walters. We can talk about Jeff Walters all day long, but we're here to talk about you, Colton. Tell you what, one of the cool things that I got to watch last year was you at Lernerville. It was the final night of racing. You and Brian Swartzlander, what a storyline it was. I was very fortunate enough to be on the call that night you were leading the way brian Schwartzlander's coming you're trying to go for your first ever victory in a big block modified brian swartz going for his 100th victory in a big block modified at lernerville speedway unfortunately the dice don't roll your way that night you come home uh second place i believe you were second in that race um but man what a story that was for you um i guess if you're gonna lose there's probably not much of a better way to lose than that Uh, but one of the things that stuck out to me was in victory lane while brian's getting ready to climb out of his car you come up and you congratulate him on his win Um, you could have been a you know tuck your tail between your legs and go back to the pit and be disappointed with your performance but there was something bigger at hand and you recognized that and congratulated him for it so kudos to you but walk me through that night what was it like going through that race and just just explain it all to us
5: so, we'll start at the beginning of that night. Won uh, the heat race in dominating fashion, and uh, which set us up pretty good. Started on the outside pole of that feature. Um, the other part to that night that not too many people know about, and I didn't post this, but there was actually a good friend of ours, Fred Birch. He is a sponsor on the race car. Um, he does contracting work, and a friend of his... He was there with his grandson and his grandson is autistic. And after the heat race, I went up and visited with them and I have pictures of it. And, you know, it's just something that's special to me. Um, I'm not the guy that's going to put it on social media to take credit for it. I, I have pride in knowing that I did it and it, you know, it was really cool. So I'm up there and they're like, Oh man, you look really good in the heat race. Do you think you can pull it off? And I'm like, well, if we do, you, you better get down to victory lane. Cause this is going to be, this is going to be cool. But, um, so started on the outside pole of that feature and, uh, Davey Murdoch took the early lead. And unfortunately he had engine trouble and I inherited the lead on like lap. I believe it was seven. And I led till like lap 16 or 17. And I, I had, uh, there was one restart in there, too. I had to fight Brian off for a restart. And I, I got him pretty good on the restart. But with about, I think it was four or five to go, um, we lined up double file. He was on the inside. I was on the outside. And well, as much as I jumped him on that first one, he jumped me on the second one. But that's what it had to be. And, you know, we were racing against a guy that's uh, I believe he's a Eight-time Lernerville Track Champion. He's in the Northeast uh, Modified Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm I'm really good friends with uh, BJ Swartzlander. That whole Swartzlander crew. They're they're really great guys. And uh, he, I I talked to BJ later on, and he he really thanked me for going and uh, congratulating Brian. And it it was special for me. And I know how much. Uh, Brian respected that and how special that was for him as well. I'm, I, I mean, I'm really blessed as a race car driver. I mean, in my entire life, but you know, race car driving a race car is just part of it. You know, we're, we're all people at the end of the day and to accomplish what Brian Swartzlander has accomplished is, is a really big thing, not only for local racing, but national racing. I mean, here's a guy you look at all the great race car drivers that have came out of the tri-state area in western pennsylvania that's a lot of really good race car drivers and a lot of really good talent and there's even though that there was nine big block modifieds that night they were all damn good big block modifieds and uh i mean that's that's a it's a shame that you know sometimes we don't get more cars but Damn it, they're freaking good, man. Like, all them cars are, are fast. All them guys are good. And they've been doing it forever.
1: Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. When you choose Zarin Truck & Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck & Automotive in South Heights. Number one Cochrane has created a new
6: way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry. We'll take it back. No questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away.
3: Number one, Cochran. See it all at Cochrane.com. And now back to Don Gamble and more rapping on racing.
4: Yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up to you. Um, Kind of like the state of what modified racing is right now. It's interesting because like you said, the numbers are low, but those who that are there are very talented They've been doing it for a while. Your Brian Swartzlanders, your Rex King Juniors, your Rex King Sr., whenever he's able to get back into a car again. Uh, Garrett Crummert, Jeremiah Shingledecker, Davey Murdoch. The list honestly goes on. I, we could keep naming them, but it's not necessary. People you know, within the sport know what's going on. And if you're not within the sport, please come check it out sometime. Yeah,
5: you're missing it. Yeah. The,
4: the thing that's interesting is, those guys and we can say that and then they can prove it can go and compete with some of the best in the nation you know yeah. we see Brian Swartzlander go down to Bristol and compete and and come close to making a show if not make the show we see Rex King Jr go down to Tex Arcana and go race with some of the big dogs so
5: well, even even look at the beginning of the year first night of the year Matt Williamson came down and that we I mean that wasn't handed to him on a silver platter nope. I mean yeah, once he got out front he drove away, but I mean that's Matt Williamson. He's money Matt for a reason, but you know, he's a they're all tough competitors and they're all super good. And the problem I feel and not only with big block modified racing is state racing in general. Everything's just so expensive. And when it comes down to I don't have a wife i don't have a girlfriend i don't have kids so my kid is my race car <laughs> in a sense it's your baby. so yeah it's my baby so when the end of the day i don't have to choose between racing on a friday night or taking care of a family yeah and and i think that's a very hard crossroads that the sports at right now
4: yeah yeah. So what would your advice be? So you are obviously a younger driver. How old are you now, Colton? 27. 27. So you're, you're a younger driver, especially in comparison to some of the drivers. No disrespect that we were just bringing up and no. talking about <laughs> because experience comes with that. So you're a younger driver. You're going up against these guys that have so many more years experience on top of you. Where does your mindset go of uh, as far in terms of, you know, you're going to take your licks until you eventually start to get to that point where you are, you already are competing with these guys on a regular basis, but to the point where you're consistently in a top five, what's the mental mindset like? And what would you, how, what what kind of message would you share with a driver that might be wanting to get into big block racing, but isn't sure because look at the stacked field or any division for that matter?
5: (laughs) We all put our pants on one leg at a time. We're all humans. I mean, just because we've uh, been doing this and this is what we do, just just because they're the strong doesn't mean that they can't get their asses kicked. That's 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 my motto. I mean, i I look at it as you know, the the first few years that I raced big blocks, it was. It's a tough feeling because I I ran go-karts and I was really good. We won a lot of races and I went from being up here on cloud nine, winning 19, 20 races a year to it was a good night loading it in the trailer with all four tires on it, you know? And then it got to, it was a good night if we finished in the top 10 and now it's, all right, we want a heat race, and we finished in the top five. You're you're gonna have your ebbs and flows and racing. It, it's, you know, Jeff Gordon. He he has 93 career wins out of almost 800 starts. Richard Petty has 200 wins and almost 1400 starts in NASCAR. You're not gonna win every night. That's just that's just the that's the nature of the beast. With with racing, it's it's not a it's not football, it's not hockey, it's not one on one. It's one versus twenty five. It's one versus thirty. It's one versus forty. Now those numbers are a little drastic. Last night of the year it was one versus eight other people, but you know what? Them eight other guys, they were damn good racers. Yeah, and and it's just. I don't the best way to start is just do it. If you want to do it and you have the will, power to do it and the means, I mean you can't starve yourself to go racing. But uh you know, I've been very blessed in my racing career to have the support of my dad and my grandfather and my family. My family on both sides, my dad's side and my mom's side. Um you know it it takes a very large support system to do this. And not only with family but marketing partners, uh all the people that help. It just just even that even that one guy that comes along that doesn't know anything but can take one little piece of the puzzle away and and chip away at it, you know, just check the air pressure and the trailer tires or check the generator fuel that just them little pieces all add up to so much.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is you're, you're talking about, you know, one versus 20, 30, 40, one versus nine, A lot of times I'm coming to find out it's one versus one in the sense that even if you're just a little bit off here, it's the difference between first place and fifth place, first place and 10th place. And I mean, I'm talking a turn of a shock and all of a sudden you find yourself can't not being able to get out of your own way. I think a lot of that is something that you've greatly overcome in these past few years. Am I wrong?
5: Uh, I think so. I think um... I am wrong. (laughs) <laughs> well i don't think that you are wrong but i what i think is when the big block modified started going to coil overs and set torsion bars that was like a great that was a big reset for everybody so i got into racing right as the coilovers were taking over so everybody had to learn at the same rate so i got it kind of was a reset for everybody. And I didn't know nothing about, I didn't know Jack about torsion bars. So it kind of, it helped our program. And I, I've gotten to be more consistent with my driving. And a lot of the, a lot of the setup work goes down to my crew chief, my cousin, Mark, which him and I get along really well um he he was on the road with the outlaws for 10 years he was with the kinsers cjb motorsports and uh you know a lot of hit big names i mean those are are
4: big name drivers right
5: yeah and he worked with paul mcmahon and sammy swindell when swindell was driving for uh, cjb he's actually scott gerkin told him As of in all them, all them teams are real close knit. He's the only guy to ever work on Steve Kinzer's car and Sammy Swindell's car.
4: But, and for those at home that don't know, Steve Kinzer, Sammy Swindell, uh, one of the arguably one of the biggest rivalries in all of dirt track racing. Uh, and that's a that's a rivalry that. Man, if it's eclipsed any time in my lifetime, we're blessed because yeah. uh, I just don't—I don't know. I mean, that's a rivalry that just transcended through the '80s and '90s in a way that in 2000s. That just—I mean, three decades of racing, four decades of racing. That I don't know if we'll ever see again, but I—I ho- I sure as heck hope we do, man.
5: Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. But um, you know, continuing on, just I—a lot of his ideas really helped what we do. And it's not so much speed on the racetrack. It's organization. It's how to do things. It's, it's just really great. And it took a little bit of, of, uh, a different mindset for me to overcome kind of the stuff that he was doing. Cause I was so set in my ways, but anymore, I just, if he has an idea, I'm like, whatever you want, dude, obviously it works. So, uh, no, we have a great relationship. Uh, you know, of course, my dad involved in there. And the the three main people are just Mark, Jeff, and myself. And it's just, uh, it works out really well for us.
4: So you're saying Colton Walters Racing is looking for added help if need be.
5: Well, social media help. Ah. Cause, yeah, because, I mean, I can't do TikTok videos and hold the camera and, you know, pull out, you know, tub of towels out of the tub, videoing it with one hand. And it's,
4: you know, it's kind of a pain. Yeah. You got enough going on.
5: Yeah. I got enough going on. And that's the advantage where some of these guys have is this is what they do for a living. This is what they do every day. I go to work, same as you every day. We have full-time jobs. This is it's not a hobby to us it's a lifestyle but it's it's difficult.
4: Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to thank all of our marketing partners who helped make our 2022 a success. Rourke Automotive Group, Cheplick Packing, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, Rock Auto, Next Gen Outdoor Services, Summit Racing Equipment, Basil Race Fuels, Coca-Cola, Calusi Chevrolet, the Coriopolis Record, Isley's, JD Hall Excavating, Octane Customs, Precise Racing Products, Hoosier Tire Mid Atlantic, Racing Junk, Rhino Racing Classifieds, Yingling, Zarin Truck and Automotive, and Zoofall Communications. We would like to also congratulate our 2022 champions in the Rush Late Models, Philip Ubeck, and the Hobby Stocks, Frank McGill. For the Chuplik series, Logan Gutelis. In the Penn, Ohio Pro Stocks, AJ Poljack. In the Open Four Cylinders, Craig Rudolph. And in the Young Guns, Emmy Laboon. Stay tuned to our social media channels and our website, ppms.com, for upcoming information regarding our 2023 racing season. And now, more Rapid On Racing with
3: Don Gamble and Tyler Harris.
4: Sure. Sure. Absolutely. You mentioned table Towels, uh, getting yeah. to the sponsorship marketing partnership. Uh, that is one that you've been very adamant on on your social media channels. So talk to us about some of the marketing partnerships that you've come up with and maybe some news that you have going into the next racing season.
5: Yeah. So one thing with the marketing is a lot of people oversee this is it's very difficult and you have to have good people behind you that you work with. A a partnership isn't just race season. It is all year round what you can do for their product, what they do for you and all the help that goes into it's always, you know, appreciated now it's, how do I put this 30 years ago when my grandfather raced or 20 years ago, he was sponsored by Mountaineer casino. You know, it was up the trailers lettered up Mountaineer will leave the slots on for you. The race car had Mountaineer on it. There was no social media. There was no nothing. It was a rolling billboard down the highway. Now a sponsor today. It's, it's difficult because it's not just the way it used to be. There's no blueprint to success with sponsorship. So you're what worked for my dad doesn't work for me because it's a new era. We're in the social media era, and a perfect example is Waste Paving. They're a they're a sponsor at Learnerville. Great people. They used to sponsor my dad years ago. No, <laughs> this isn't bashing. This is this is all good. When you look at their perspective as a paving company what makes more sense from a marketing advertising role if they put their name at learnerville on a billboard every race fan there sees it all night long they announce waste paving okay we'll say 7 to 10 times so at the end of the night that person uh, you know they're, they're driving out they have signs paved by waste paving or so it's difficult because how do you retain a sponsorship when they can just put up a billboard along the road and have they can put a billboard up on three fifty six route sixty eight and have all that traffic pass by it every day, right? So, in this in this era, you have to work with these people and see what 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 they want. Cause I I have a sponsor on the race car. That, yeah, their names on it, but they don't care as like that that sticker on the race car. Yeah, that's cool, but they want you to TikTok, Instagram, social media, cause that's their reach. Yep. You're a spokesperson for that product, yep. so you have to get out there and pound the pavement for them.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's essentially like affiliate marketing. Um, I mean, I, that's, that's, I mean, you go on TikTok, how many things, how many products do you see on TikTok or any social media platform for that matter? Every third, every third thing you see on Facebook is an ad, is a sponsored how, ad.
5: How many things have you bought because you've seen an ad on TikTok or Facebook market? Yep. Or, yeah.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. In terms of exposure, anybody can get a billboard and they're going to get, way more exposure than what is on a race car. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a good business re- uh, avenue for a driver to sell exposure. I mean, sure, exposure is worth something, but um, and return on investment, you know, race fans, the benefit is we are loyal. We are—we t- actually tend to be... the. I, there is a Nielsen rating that proves that we are the most loyal in terms of supporting sponsors who support yes. uh,
5: the Mo- sport. Motorsports fans are 90% they have 90 percent product loyalty yeah which is huge
4: right right so i mean in terms of that that's great um that's that's the one benefit to exposure within our sport but uh, i think it, more or less create, creating that experience as you mentioned is what separates racers i mean think about it like race cars are exciting race cars are fun to watch I mean,
5: they're fast they're uh, sexy they're awesome right, they're exactly you get to learn loud the they okay. sound good they smell you smell the race fuels
4: right right so like that excites you and me perhaps a kid wanting to sit at home playing Fortnite. maybe it doesn't excite them as much but i don't know when you hear a when you're ear here an engine turnover to me I, I don't see how any anybody could be like oh wow okay i mean you it definitely heightens your peak and in interest you know Regardless, going back to the main point, um, the ability to custom tailor a sponsorship, a marketing partnership, uh, to make it so that it is mutually beneficial for the both of you—that's um, th- what comes to mind with you. What interests me is you've done a great job with tub of towels as you wear their as you wear their shirt yeah. right now to transcend that past just what a sponsorship is, and it truly is a marketing sp- partnership. So. What what do you think contributes to that success? Is that you know is that just a strong relationship that you happen to capitalize on, or is it something that you had to go out and earn?
5: Both. Uh, You you have to have a strong relationship with them, but you have to earn that because you just can't sit back and go. All right, we have a we have a good relationship. This is never going to end. No, you have to continue to work for that. Like in the next month or two. Uh, you'll see me post more about snowmobile and stuff and Moody sales. I'm a snowmobiler. I snowmobile in the winter time and Moody sales. I bought my snowmobile brand new from Moody sales. And you'll see me promote these sponsors that are on the race car. And the nice thing is, is a lot of these people, they're, they're just, they're like me and you, they're, they're friends, they're family. Now they're, they're small businesses that have became good, good people, good friends. They're, they're like family. And that, that's just a great thing. And you know, with social media that just raises the stakes on everything and you get to help them out. It, who doesn't? Well, sometimes, I mean, I do have an 80 year old grandfather that drives a race car now, but who doesn't like helping their family? You know, right. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, he's, a. Uh, it, it's just, you you have to think outside the box and it's different than what it was 20 years ago. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. You know, growth in this sport is a good thing. And hopefully with the new social media era that's, and this isn't new. I mean, it's new to me because I've never really had to do it before. And there's no, there's no, social media, one oh one for dummies that you pick up and go, okay, this is how you do it. No, you have to get out there. You have to make mistakes. You have to learn, you have to go about it, but you have to do it in a professional and you know, a professional manner because that, that's one thing I kind of, in a way you have to be professional, but you have to show that motivation, that desire, that Hunger. And that's what makes me mad about a guy like a Chase Elliott. Yeah, he's sponsored by Napa. But you see in his interviews, he never says anything wrong. Show me some passion, damn it. Like, like at Homestead, not Homestead Phoenix, they had the last race of the year when him and Chastain got together. It was, oh, I, I thank my Napa Chevrolet team for a good seat. No. Show me some passion. Get, John it. Everybody knows who John Force is like, show me that passion for racing because that passion is what drives us all to do this. That's what sells sponsorship. That's what being personable and the passion to do it is what drives us forward.
4: So in terms of the race car, I mean, you say you focus on the race car and, and everything like that like what goes through a night of preparation, you know, how much, how much time throughout the week are we talking about, you know, in terms of getting that car ready on average, how much time are you spending in the garage to get that car ready through a week, you know, a week, week in and week out throughout the racing season?
5: Probably every bit of four to five hours a night. I, I, I've gotten, and I try to, yeah, but a lot of times I'm, by myself at night uh, my cousin Mark he works midnight shift so I'll go to bed get up go to work and when he gets off of work he'll go to the race car shop and work for a couple hours and then repeat so I'll usually I usually get off work anywhere between 4 5 o'clock so I'll go down there from uh, but anytime from when I get home to 10, 11 o'clock, but I usually try to take one night a week and just not do racing stuff. Cause you need that work life racing balance. Yeah. So I try to do that. It all depends on how the weekend went too. If you had a pretty easy Friday night, that's good. If you had a pretty, if you went two nights and it went fairly smooth because Usually, if we just race a Friday night, how we how it goes is Saturday one, load the car, pressure wash the car, get it in the garage, put it on jack stands, and start our maintenance throughout the week. So then it's do tire stuff, grind tires, demount tires, mount new tires, groove type, that takes a lot of time. That's, that's a huge time consumer. And then motor maintenance you know if we have to run the valves do stuff like that change spark plugs change oil it's, it's a full-time job on top of a full-time job running a racing operation is a second full-time job number one Cochrane has created a new way a
6: faster way an easier way to buy a car Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price. And it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry. We'll take it back. No questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your
3: way with Expressway. Right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance 443 or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com And now back to Don Gamble and more rapping
4: on Racing. So a couple more things I want to get to before we wrap things up here. Uh, your 2023 season is coming abroad fairly quickly, especially for you. Um, I think you got something coming up in January that you want to make mention of?
5: Yeah, we are taking the race car to the Wardle Wheels uh, show at the convention center. So that's that'll be cool. Uh, might have something in store for that i am not gonna I'm not gonna go out too far on that hopefully we can uh come public with that in the next uh, couple weeks would be really nice so but you know it's a it's a good place to as we alluded to this entire time it's a good time to promote sponsors be there talk to people network they're Networking is a great thing.
4: So getting back to where I was coming to uh, alluding to your 2023 season, um, what would you consider a successful 2023 season? What accomplishments would you like to, uh, to achieve to consider a 2023 season a success? What kind of goals do you have on your list to check off? Well, the one that's eluded me so far. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> the obvious, the, the, there's the obvious, um,
5: what else? Um, just consistency being consistently fast. I, I don't care. I, I, I plan to run 20 to 25 nights of racing. So I think now we all go to the racetrack and drop the gate and go, we want to be, we're here to win. Yeah. You know, we all go in with that mindset, but to me, I think a very successful 23 season would be being consistently fast.
4: How would you measure that?
5: So if you look at our season this year, we had, we raced 19 races and had, I, I believe six or seven top fives. If we can bridge that gap and get, you know, if we, if we run 20 races and we have, 10 12 14 top fives and we can narrow that gap i think that's what we should aim for the 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 heat race wins have came we're consistently fast there we just need to like you said earlier the field's so close that getting that right adjustment at the right time and having lady luck on your side it all the pieces are there. They just all need to mesh together. they're they're meshing, but they just need to be a little bit better.
0: Yeah.
5: And and I, I feel I feel that we're there for twenty twenty three, uh, based on sponsorship wise, will probably be a regular Friday night car. I I would like to not be bound to a racetrack points wise. I'd like to go to New York visit a Canandaigua or a uh, Land of Legends, places like that. I'd like to branch out. So what if I go there and get my ass handed to me? I'm going to go there and learn because obviously them guys in New York are the best in the business. I'd like to branch out and do some of that stuff. I'd really, really like to run the full BRP tour this year. I mean, Lon and Pam Baker, they do a fantastic job with what they did there uh or with what they've been doing there for 20 it'll be 26 years coming up this year so they do a fantastic job they pay really well the point structure pays well i i finished 20th in points there this year i didn't run all the races and i got a point fund check i got a sheet metal certificate and a couple courts of uh Good power steering fluid in a like a twenty five dollar Big Daddy's gift certificate. What what racetrack do you see doing that? Yeah, and no, I, I and I series. hate and and I hate to say that, but I think it, it goes back. The drivers always want more. We always want more. There's never enough, and the racetracks never want to give more because they're already giving too much. I think a lot of with what's going on. In this era, this economy, this age, the racing, racing, I think the race car drivers in the racetracks, instead of fighting, they need to work together more. Um, Whether that's, you know, help with driver marketing to get them sponsors where give them the tools that they need to put in their proposals, like the demographics and the viewership on their streaming platforms, you know, give up, give us that information that we have to work with. So we can go to these businesses and go, Hey, this streaming service has, I don't know, 7,500 subscribers. This is viewed from, 47 states and three countries, you know, show, show them that it, it, it give that, give us the tools to help ourselves do what we need to do. And if the rate, if the racers, if the racers are strong and there's a good car count, the racetrack's going to survive. And I, 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 in, in this area, I feel I, if you know, God bless Brian Styman for what he's doing at Knox. I mean, he's doing a great job there, but I'm not sure that I'd want to open a racetrack. You know, he's doing a good job, and Merle Smith, he's doing a good job up at Tri City, but I mean, God, I, I I know how hard it is for a single race team, let alone a racetrack trying to have find people and employ people and not only that, but the track crew, the concessions, even somebody to clean the bathrooms after the races are over. Like it, it's, it's gotta be difficult. Fuel in the trucks, you know, fuel's not going down any, it, it's just, I don't know what the correct answer is, but they're all valid and good questions. And I think as racers, race fans, racetracks, racing media the best thing to do is just try to promote the sport to bring the youth into it because that demographic is not good you're you're looking at a older demographic but you need to bring the youth into the sport and the sport needs that infusion of the youth in the new new era or it's not looking good. I mean, I remember being a little kid and be, being, you know, the pro stock features weren't done till midnight at Lernerville in the early, mid 2000s. And there'd be a line waiting to get in the pit area after the races mm-hmm. and, and you wouldn't get out of there till one 32 in the morning. Now I know times change and that was back when stock cars got 30 40 cars a night but I don't know how you fix that or make that happen again I don't know what the magic remedy is So
4: and that's a And there's not right one
3: At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust, but with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1 800 894 4455. That's 1 800 894 Forty-four fifty-five. and now more rapid on racing with
4: don gamble and tyler harris there's a point that i wanted to bring up that i just didn't get to um you know they've i give i give Vicky uh, Emig all the credit in the Oh, absolutely. For taking, for taking the flack that she has over the years for introducing crate racing to our area.
5: But but look uh, what she did at Mercer, Free Butler County night, Free Venango County night. She got all them people in there and introduced new race fans.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and she she was creative in her promotion and 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 there's people out there that uh, when they hear that name, they cringe, and um, I don't know what what I view is is what Rush has been able to do if, with the late models, the modifieds, the the and the sprint cars. Are the, those are the ones that I've seen firsthand. I know they have a stock car division. Um, people are coming in groves to the late model division. I think because they have that role set that is. Cut and dry. This is what it is. It, well,
5: all we their rule sets it.
4: are cut and dry. Yes, exactly. I, I was just using the late months because that's what I, I see at Pittsburgh. Even, even, though,
5: even though they don't
4: pay the greatest for feature,
5: put it this way, if you look at it at their pay scale. So a big block at Lernerville pays, I believe it's $1,200, 1200 to win a night. So if a crate modified pays 800 on a touring series and I don't know don't quote me on this I know that it's yeah you're in that realm but kind of goes back to like what the BRP tour is doing right you look at them they have all the contingencies they have all that stuff you know look at look at what Vicky does for the racers yeah so what some people don't like the crate racing thing me being a racer and coming from a family of racers it just wasn't my cup of tea, and there's nothing wrong with that because I I grew up around it. I can. Here's what I see with crate racing: if you were never a racer or never came from a racing background, that's probably the class for you.
4: You would because never know the difference you wouldn't know the difference. That's right. But Besides the speed, whenever you see it side by side, right.
5: But the thing is, is now, like we. We've gone to Domhoff's for Oh my God, my dad went there when he drag raced in the late eighties. We we've been a customer there. We have a relationship there. And that's where all our engines are built. If you're somebody that's new to the sport, that doesn't know any that doesn't know a carburetor from a fuel pump, you don't know anything about it. So when you look at it and go, Oh, I can go buy this engine for six thousand dollars and bolted in and it's the same as uh joe schmoe's next to me why not it sounds good
4: but you know the the, go ahead the funny thing that um, it, it is funny because from the performance aspect, I just watched this year. We had the Boss Wingless Sprint Cars at Pittsburgh for the final night of the year on October eighth. John Mollick and um, Logan Schuart show up with their um, Rush Sprint Cars to compete against Open Four Ten Motors, meaning that these things can be bigger than Four Tens. And right. for those that don't, don't know, are cubic uh, cubic inches. Uh, basically, the more cubic inches, the more power in the engine. Uh, so. 410s are, you know, 410s or 410s, but these things can be bigger than that. John Moloch showed up and... For the
5: younger crowd, 350 cubic inches is 5.7 liters.
4: There you go. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, John Mollick showed up, was not only fast time, uh, won his heat race, and then was leading the feature until he hit the outside wall over in turn two, which ultimately ended his night, uh, against Open Motors. So, I mean, yeah, the track conditions were right to support that. Don't get me wrong. On a tacky track, he would probably would not have stood of stood a chance. Right. But nonetheless, um, the people in the crowd didn't know that unless I, unless I mentioned to him. I yeah. didn't know that. Myself, I thought one hundred percent hands down, because he has a four ten sprint car, that it was his four ten car. And uh somebody in the stands messaged me and said, No, that's his great car. And I said, No, no, there's no way. And I right. I, I stood corrected. Um it sounded, it sounded like an open motor, just the way it was geared. I'm got, I don't know. I don't know the interlockings. workings. I'm the first one to admit that, but yeah. I, I was wrong. And, um, you know, and and going back to the pay scale real quick too, like that's not a bash at Lernerville, you know. Pay, no, no, none pay. of that. Like that's not what we're. Here that's to just do. a we're comparison. Just, yeah, we're just comparing, right? Exactly. And, and um, and you talk about those bigger, you know, rush late model races. I mean, look at the Firecracker, the Billy Mig e. E. Memorial, twenty thousand to win. The Bill Hendren Memorial of Pittsburgh, ten thousand to win. You know, right. it's it is a no brainer. It's getting to be a no brainer well, to because of these high paying races. Right. But then even look at like the super.
5: Late model races this past now we're talking on a huge scale but look at eldora yeah national but the million dollar to win race the the dream the world the the hillbilly 100 the dirt track world championship and that's just late that's super late model you look at you look at big block racing you have oswego you have the the orange county race you have all them big races up north that are paying 10 15 20 grand to win look at even sh- charlotte's not the greatest paying race but look at it on a grand scale yeah. how many people how many people are there but uh g- getting a little bit off topic there but you know like i was saying a little bit before that but like what vicky does with like the manufacturer's nights, that's a great thing for racing
4: yeah and racers. you know
5: you, you give away a set of scales. You give a like big block or crate modified racing, complete front axles, rear end rebuild certificates. There's there's over thirty or forty grand worth of contingencies there. Didn't they give that
4: away a motor in the in the Rush Rashomon- do.
5: Yeah, they give away a brand new six hundred two. Yep. Uh, I think. Other divisions, in the, like I said, the BRP tour, Lon and Pam Baker, they do a great job with that, and and it's it's a great thing for big block racing in this area because who else besides me and Chaz Woolbert in the past five six years is a newcomer to the big blocks. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a
6: faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away.
3: Number one, Cochrane. See
1: it all at Cochrane.com. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert
2: automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. The staff at Rappin' on Racing would like to thank our marketing partners. Curtis Power Solutions, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Alternative Power Sources, Zaren Truck and Automotive, and RPS Financial Solutions. Without these companies, Rapid on Racing would not be possible.
3: And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble
4: and Tyler Harris. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me now on Rapping on Racing is a driver in the Rush Sportsman Modified Division. He was the 2022 track champion at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. We welcome on in Jacob Jordan. Jacob, welcome to Rapid on Racing. How are you doing?
7: Good. How about yourself, Tyler? Thanks for having me on.
4: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Tell you what, man, a successful 2022 season. What was it like through your eyes?
7: I think it was so far out of I've started racing Mod, rush mods in 2016 this was by far our most successful season this is probably the season i've now i've had the most heat race wins this season and also finally got the monkey off my back on my first career feature win in pms and then also now track champion out there for 2022 so i'm pretty pleased that this is by far best season yet that we've had
4: Take me through that night where you won your career first victory. Um, What was it like, you know, earning that win, uh taking that victory lap around the track with the checkered flag in hand, you know, tell me everything that you were able to soak in that night.
7: To be honest, first, well, when we got up, we I was, ended up starting the poll, poll for the feature. I had Cole Holden and Aiden, Aiden Sip, you're on right behind me. I knew right then those two guys, they're fast. They're they the fastest guys in our class. So I knew I was like, I I could not mess up. I had to make sure I hit my mark perfect every lap because I know one little slip up, one of those two is going to get me. And then once I saw that, I took that checkered flag, like it didn't feel real at first. Like it took a while to sink in. I don't think it probably like actually like sank all the way in until the next day. It was just, it was like a dream come true.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. So you've been racing since 2016. Uh, six years that you were running where you hadn't yet quite earned a victory yet, uh, at least a feature victory. How tough was that on you as a driver to, you know, uh, keep plugging and pushing away at eventually earning that first one?
7: I just knew never give up. Just keep trying and keep trying and just make sure that I was doing all well was driving, make sure the car was always Running to the best of its ability, and just knew that if I kept plugging away, that it was going to happen. It only mattered time. There were nights where I was leading and then lost it with two laps ago, three laps ago. So it felt good to finally make it happen. Finally get the monkey off the back.
4: So, besides those heat race wins, um, you you had mentioned, uh, was it was there any other victories that like, like maybe like a dash win or something like that?
7: Uh, my first year in 2016, we got out late in uh, June, and it was a stampede this year, my first ever stampede. I uh, won the dash that we had, sponsored by Kanan Pro, and that was my very first ever, I guess and say, checkered flag. Like um, That was my rookie year.
4: So that's pretty cool. So like going into your rookie season, um, did you have any other success other than that dash win? Did you have any heat race wins or anything?
7: No, that was all, just that dash win okay
4: and like, we say that was all like that's like a a, a small cheat like that's all uh, that was all but like obviously that's a big deal your first your first year uh stout competition throughout the years in the rush modifieds, and, and you earn a uh, dash win uh that's something to hang your hat on
7: yeah i remember at the time i definitely was surprised because my first year we got out late i think the stampede was like my 10th time in the car and to get the dash when i remember at the time i was like 16 I'm. it was it was unreal at the time i was so ecstatic whenever that happened just because i wasn't expecting anything my rookie season i was expecting to see any type of i wasn't expecting a heat race winner anything i was expecting my first year just kind of be running around like the tail trying not to get lapped we ended up making getting that so that was that was a big accomplishment for me at the time
4: you talk about, uh, you know, try not to get lapped, trying to just hold your own and everything like that. That, that brings to mind the competition that comes to Pittsburgh in the Rush Modifieds, so though the numbers have been uh, a little bit lower than we've seen in years past. The ones that do show up, as you kind of already mentioned, Cole Holden, Aiden Cipriano, uh, Chelsea Gallagher, Justin Shea, Tony Tattenhurst. you've got a stout field of cars that you have to compete with, and for you to earn a victory and a track championship amongst all those drivers, it's, it's a pretty impressive feat.
7: Yeah yeah it is i was like i said i was surprised i never would have thought that this year that track championship was gonna happen at all but i'm so glad
4: so what comes to mind too is like it's always a dream right to you know be able to at your home track win a race and win a track championship uh you know that's a dream come true now that that's been accomplished you know what's on your mind for accomplish? like what's your next goals like what are you focused on doing now
7: I definitely want to get more wins. I definitely want to get wins like other tracks for sure. And then eventually I'd like to get like a series championship with Rush, whether it be like weekly or tour. Just keep plugging away and definitely get a lot more wins here in the near future.
4: Consistency comes to mind too, because that's really what it takes to win a track championship. Yeah, you can win every night and and that's obviously the ultimate goal. Otherwise, why are we racing? But I feel like consistency plays a big part in that as well.
7: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You go, you constantly have to be up front, and then to secure, it and then hopefully you don't have any misfortunes like a DNF or something breaking.
4: I feel like what adds to your repertoire as well in terms of consistency. It's 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 easy, it's easy to be consistent at one track, but when you start jumping to other tracks like a Raceway Seven, like a Mercer, um, the list goes on. It, it starts to get a little bit more interesting because now you're having to adapt a lot.
7: Uh, you can't really pay hey, every track is completely different how you have to like drive it or especially pms that's like the big one because short tracks are all like you know i mean they're all kind of the same i mean not really but versus pms you, there's no animal like pms no track is that big and high speed that we have around here
4: yeah, I feel like, you know, setups might change a little bit. Um, but at PMS, you know, the big thing is you got to run a different gear. Um, and your speeds are, like you said, are so great. You know, going through the straightaways, you can hear your guys hitting rev limiter down the straightaways and into the turns.
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're a PMS. We're we're hammering the rep box.
4: So there's a term that comes to mind on the chip. You you, um, I've heard that before. But what exactly does that mean on the chip?
7: So on the rush mods, we have a uh, an MSD rev box, and with our rules is we cannot, we have to have that chip set at six thousand RPMs, no more. So when we're going down the straightaways and you hear us hitting that chip doing the ra da 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 da, the engine's tapped out. We we're turning the six grand we can turn.
4: So why is that? Why why six thousand? Is that for competition purposes? Is that for the safety of the engine?
7: I feel like a little bit of both, keeping like everybody like kind of even playing field and then help keep the engine. So we're not wearing them thin by constantly turning them as much as we can week in and week out.
4: Yeah. You mentioned the rush series, um, you know, obviously now being a roughly a six year veteran to this, to that division, what made you choose to jump into the rush modifieds?
7: So whenever we, we were, we were in go-karts for a few years and uh, we were getting out of go-karts and we were gonna do a hobby stock. Like we were, we actually had a car, we were gonna go, we had, we, were, we were all set to go buy. And then I remember what our whole game plan was at the time, once I was like 15, we we're gonna do hobby stock for a couple years. And since growing up, we had my grandfather own e-mods that Russ Matika drove. We were gonna maybe go the condo mod route. Well, then it was one day, Tim Schaefer, he was building his new shop up at his house. My pap he does excavating. So he went up we were up there and he was running a Skid Steer helping Schaefer out do something. And we told Schaefer, like our game plan. I remember he told my pap he was like he's been he he's he was like he's been running go-karts. All Jake has ever talked about was open wheel cars. Just you don't, you he'll be okay. Just don't worry about the hobby sock and just do the E mod deal. So like, all right, so we're gonna start looking at Econo mods and then at the time, we knew from the e days, my pap knew the kugels, and at the time, uh, Larry Kugel had a rush mod, and he was keeping it down at uh, Zaren's, which is right down the road from my house as well. So one day, me and my pap stopped down there, and uh, the kugels, they were telling us about the rush mods and the cost of them, and we decided that that would be our best route to go to get my feet wet in big car racing.
4: Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to thank all of our marketing partners who helped make our 2022 a success. Rourke Automotive Group, Cheplik Packing, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, Rock Auto, Next Gen Outdoor Services, Summit Racing Equipment, Basil Race Fuels, Coca-Cola, Calusi Chevrolet, The Coriopolis Record, Isley's, JD Hall Excavating, Octane Customs, Precise Racing Products, Hoosier Tire Mid-Atlantic, Racing Junk, Rhino Racing Classifieds, Yingling, Zarin Truck and Automotive, and Zoofall Communications. We would like to also congratulate our 2022 champions in the Rush Late Models, Philip Ubeck, in the Hobby Stocks, Frank McGill, for the Chuplick Series, Logan Gutellus, in the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, AJ Poljack, in the Open Four Cylinders, Craig Rudolph, and in the Young Guns, Emmy Laboon. Stay tuned to our social media channels and our website, ppms.com, for upcoming information regarding our 2023 racing season. Boy, well, your name dropping over there, Larry Kugel, one of the uh, the all-time winningest driver at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. If I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right there. Um, and then Tim Schaefer, uh, you know, you live in Aliquippa. you race at Schaefer's Raceway. What has Tim been in your career? How instrumental has he been to to you in your life, in your career, and everything like that?
7: God, oh, he's been just a big help. Like, not whenever I first started racing go-karts when it was eight me and my pap took my car over to his track on like one sunday afternoon and i probably put like 80 laps on that track schaefer was like helping me out with lines and stuff and still to this day just because schaefer he's just so knowledgeable with he has so many laps and just so much experience under his belt there's still to this day it's We have a race at Lernerville and Schaefer's there running the Grove car, something like that. I'll go over and I'll ask Schaefer about the track and he'll give me pointers and just having him to just answer questions and just help me out as a driver is tremendous.
4: Yeah, and the nice thing is, too, he's kind of, you know, anytime you're at Pittsburgh, we have the Rush Mods there roughly seven, eight times a year. Uh, Tim Schaefer has made that his home for Rush late model racing. So uh, it seems like you guys are able to pretty much not only pit together, but you're kind of able to bounce stuff off of each other. Not sure how much actually translate from the Rush Mods to the Rush late models, but at least you can talk about track conditions and where, you know, he could definitely still help you out on a nightly basis in that term.
7: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely, he's definitely very knowledgeable when it comes to that.
4: So that's interesting. Uh Seeing the success of the hobby stocks at Pittsburgh, you know, making that decision to go to the rush modified route, uh, any, looking back now, hindsight being 2020, you're able to play armchair quarterback now. Is there a little bit of regret maybe that you're like, oh man, I wish I could have gotten the fun on those hobby stocks. Or are you very confident in your decision that that, that that was the right move?
7: I'm very happy we did the rush mod route because I I like I like my open wheels. I've always been a fan of open wheel cars, spring cars, center steer modifieds, e mods. So I'm glad we went this route. Something that I feel like I'm definitely happier going straight to the rush mod deal. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So you we talked about the rush series. You you actually talked about the touring series a little bit and that comes to mind. How instrumental, how great is the is the rush touring series for for you as a driver? Uh, one of the things that comes to mind is Manufacturers Night. You know, how big of a deal is that for the drivers?
7: Oh, it's so great. Like, I think it's really the only series right now because she has their late models and everything that gives back to the drivers and me and every driver appreciates how much that these series sponsors give back and it just helps out so much You go to manufacturers and you might end up with rims, tires, radius rods, crucial parts that you need throughout the season that they just give to us. and. I couldn't be. We're all extremely grateful for what Vicky does with us by giving us back that. Really, like it shows how much she and the Rush Series sponsors care about their drivers.
4: It's got to make it feel confident. Make you feel confident, rather, you know, going forward. uh, As as far as 2023 goes, obviously another year in Rush Mods. Are there any plans, maybe, to maybe uh, broaden the horizons a little bit and seek new adventures?
7: Uh, we're going to continue running. We're going to try to run as much as we pretty much every season try to run the whole entire complete Rush Mod schedule, hit every track on it. And then we're talking about, I just got a new job. I work for the Port Authority, and so does my dad. We're throwing up in the air. If me and him both can get our vacation time this year to line up come November, we'd like to take the car down to Charlotte and try to do that.
4: Well, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah uh, the the week before the world finals, right? Yeah, yeah. They have like they have like the crate and like the small engine stuff. So that'd be cool. That's a new experience. Um, you know, is that like a dream track for you? Is that something that you've always wanted to? Is that a track that you've always wanted to, to race on?
7: Yeah, yeah. And then definitely the past two years, I've been going down for the world finals. Actually, like seeing it in person, it's a track I definitely want to try. It just looks like it's it's one that is another animal. Just because it looks so... I got down there and it looked completely different than how it looked on TV. And I was like, I definitely want to try to get some laps around this place at some point.
4: Whenever I went down, it was probably about 2010 I went down. So that was before they added the big block modifieds to the card. Now they are a part of it. and, And honestly, after watching this year's World Finals... As far as fan engagement, it was probably the most fan-engaging uh, division that there was down there. Uh, being able to go down there for two years, you get to see a lot of the biggest names in Big Block Modified Racing on a weekend. Who are some of the names that – or some of the drivers, rather, that you know you look up to or that you like to follow after?
7: I like, well, Brett Hearn because he's a – they own TO Fabrications, and that's what I run is that my car is a TO Pro car. So like i go get i like going down there i go and i talk to brett and all the guys from TO and just thank them for because TO helps me out a lot during the season just with questions and making sure i have the parts i need in a pinch so i like going on there i like a we you know we bought a car from a few years ago alec uh yankowski he's pretty young i think he's if i'm 22 i'm gonna say alex is 18 maybe maybe 17 but Alex was like literally 16 years old, racing a big block modified against some of these guys that have been doing it for 20 plus years. And he runs top five. So I think it's cool just seeing him, a young kid out there, literally racing with the best of the best and being competitive.
4: Speaking of youth, that brings to mind the youth within the Rush Modified Division. You know, yourself at 22, you've got a Ben Eastler who's still in high school, Cole Holden, who's not far out of high school. He's probably right around your age. Um, Amy yeah. Cipriano, who's starting to um, make that move now. There's a lot of youth moving up through that Rush Modified Division.
7: Right, we have uh, Cole Edwards. We're pretty good friends. He's he drives another T. I think he's 14. We have Lucas Cannon he's i want to say lucas is like 15 don gabriel he's 15 or 16 so yeah we gotta it's definitely a younger group of guys
4: which is cool because uh, the initial process the initial plan for the rush uh series was to be a stepping stone up to you know the the big blocks or super late models or full-size sprint cars um and and the cool thing is is you kind of get a little bit of a mix of both because the, there's also veterans who race in there. You got your guys like Garrett Crumert who will jump in a Jerry Schaefer car at any moment uh, who can mix it up as well. So you get that nice little bit of uh, experience as well.
7: Oh yeah. And it makes for great racing in my opinion, because you have both those two different levels mixing up on the track. And then you can learn by watching those guys like Garrett and, Rock Chris Lack, he raced with us. He ran paper Series. You can just like, even watching those guys and try to pick up on what they do.
4: So, was there any plans this year? Um, you and I kind of talked uh, about perhaps what your future would be. You were maybe looking at a different avenue, but something came up.
7: Yeah, we were really. I was about to. We were really about to make the move and go rush sprint race, and we weren't going to do like. We're going to keep them modified, but we're going like, to try to play with both. But it's one of those things, some other things down the line end up happening and nothing, everything that was set in stone kind of fell out of place. So hopefully maybe one year in the near future, you'll see us with the rush spring car, but not this season, sadly.
4: You talk about a division that has a lot of diversity. That is certainly one of them, the rush sprint cars. You've got young guys making their way up through, but you've also got these wily veterans who are taking a liking to that division. You've got the guys like Arnie Kent, Ruth Jr., uh, Rod George. And if I'm missing any, it's not uh, intentional by any means. But, man, it's an impressive thing to watch. And, and, and it's not just in, in that aspect as far as drivers who are in that field, but they're fun to watch in general.
7: Oh yeah, especially, when I remember we were at, uh, we had a race in Knox this past year. It was a first, we had one race up there. Great track, I, hopefully we go back there this year. Fun little track. Sadly, we broke a rear end on our heat race, only got to play with two laps on it. But the Rush Spring cars were up there with us and they put on a terrific show at that place.
3: No one covers motorsports like Rapidon Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter. Don brings a
4: wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Rapid on Racing. How tough is that for you uh, in terms of consistency where, you know, you got to go to these different tracks that's not like PPMS. Is that is that tough for a driver?
7: Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, you have to definitely be able to adapt uh, the different track, just size and condition, constantly running with rushes because we hit so many different tracks, but it keeps it fun. It's like keeps you on your toes. It's always every weekend, it's kind of something different. Yeah. Which I love about it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, you talk about your points win, your first career feature win, your heat race wins. What are some other goals that you have in line for the rest of your, uh, I guess, in, in the near future for your racing career?
7: I just kind of want to stay consistent. Get Definitely want to get more wins at different tracks. Hopefully, maybe, hopefully, I definitely would like to try to defend the championship at PMS for next year. That's going to be something I'm going to try really hard to do. And then also, eventually, I would like to try to get like a series, either it's a the Rush mod weekly or touring series championship. That's something I have my eyes set on trying to do here.
4: Can you explain to the viewers what the difference is between the weekly series championship and the touring series championship? Because there's always these bunch of different champions that come out of Rush. You know, you got your like Futures Cup champions, you got your uh, you know touring series champions, your weekly series champions, the Wheelman ch- uh, champion. There's always these, these different champions and can you do a breakdown of what some of the differences are to your understanding
7: so what the like the Futures Cup champion that's like all the drivers that are uh, under the age of 18 they all compete within each other like with every race they get the points and see who's a and that's who decides the Futures Cup champion that's like for like the young the super young people I guess you can say and then with our, then we have our touring series. So we have a certain amount of tracks that we go to that are our tour races. And we get points for those races. And those will go, those points will go towards the touring series. And then we have our weekly series, which is like Raceway 7, uh, Sharon, PMS, all those races that we get throughout the year, they're all get tied together. And she actually takes our best 12, and then that's your weekly points
4: so that definitely helps out because that gives you they only take 12 and you might hit you know anywhere from 15 to 20 races in a season and that definitely helps because if you miss for any reason if you have uh, any difficulties any breakdowns uh you get to kind of wipe that slate clean and and move on to the next race without having to worry about how detrimental it was to your points
7: yeah and it's it's definitely nice definitely helps like cause too like in case like you sometimes and you can't really make a race that super far away. You or you're a guy that doesn't want to run two nights a week. You can run just that, just on Saturdays or just on Fridays if you want to, and still in the end of the season have a good chance at a top ten or top five in points.
4: You talked about your your dad, your grandfather, um, or at least your grandfather. You talked about how he was a uh, owned an E mod. Um, did, th- did they have any success? Where did they run?
7: Uh, we actually, my grandfather, he owned uh, E-Mods, and we ran a PMS. We actually, uh, at our time, we had an ex- excavating company, and Russ Matika worked for us, and uh, he was a driver of E-Mods at PMS. And from what I can realize, I was really, I was like three, four, five in those days, so I really don't remember much, but I'm pretty sure to this day, Russ is still like four, f- the four-fifth most winning driver in e-mods at pms from what i could remember and seeing pictures and stuff we had a pretty good time in our e out at pms
4: did your grandpa ever race at all uh he
7: drag raced
4: okay yeah he
7: used to he used to drag race back and i want to say it was pid was the name of it the old drag strip That's that pit back in the yeah he used to drag race out there and then my dad he demolition derbyed. okay
4: uh, I was the first. I'm the first one to start playing the circle. Man, you guys have like covered all the bases, right? Yeah. You see, like a road course racer and uh, uh, asphalt oval, and and you know, I guess that's what kids and grandkids are for, right?
7: Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I, maybe my kid will play an asphalt a little bit. Take him out to Jennerstown, get it wet when the time comes.
4: Speaking of Jennerstown asphalt, you know, if, if money wasn't an issue, um, the, the affordability of rush Modifieds is great. Obviously the competition is great as well. So there's really, uh, no quote unquote need to move to a different division, but say if money wasn't an issue, uh, would you still stick with the rush mods or, you know, would you go ahead and diversify to something else? It, it may be something that would, uh, you know, make you a little bit happier.
7: If money wasn't an issue, the a big block be going in the car and i'd be following the uh super short track series up in new york
4: yeah yeah i mean why not go race with the best you know on where where, where that racing is you know yeah that is that is the the top uh, the uh, top echelon if you will of of racing up in new york for modifieds the northeast yeah yeah i can't blame you there um I guess if money wasn't an issue and I were to race, I, I'm okay with not racing. I'll be completely honest with you. Sure. I mean, it's cool. Like I've done a couple of Enduros at Lernerville and stuff like that. Like it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but I, I have such an appreciation for you and all of the drivers for that matter, because the commitment that it takes on a weekly basis through the year. And then there really is no such thing as an off season. Like, it is. I, I can't imagine how difficult it is, and that's just that's removing financials, like just the time and energy and effort that goes into keeping a racing program together. Um, I have a great appreciation for it. I'm sure many fans do as well. Uh, but I, I, in that instance, I'm I'm okay with with not racing.
7: I having a second job.
4: What was that? I'm sorry.
7: Having a second job.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
7: Oh, like a fun, like- fun second job though
4: <laughs> like the the not the bull check how much maintenance do you think you spend in a week in, in your garage trying to make go over the car and make sure everything's good to go for the following week
7: I'm there for hours every day every day I'm out there for hours just making sure everything is perfect down to you like you said not bull check and making sure everything's in the trailer just literally making sure that everything is perfect to try to make sure that there is no failures, even though sometimes you just can't avoid it. Sometimes it things just happen.
4: What about off-season? What does off-season look like in terms of maintenance and keeping up with the car? And w- what kind of work goes into the off-season?
7: Well, no, like everybody like us. We strip our cars down and I go over everything, double check, make sure nothing's busted, make sure you know, nothing's stripped out. And I go through the, every single component with like a fine tooth, make sure everything's good to go replace
4: whatever needs are placed. Gotcha. I just had a thought come to mind too. You talked about grandfather and father. Uh, would you consider yourself a first generation driver then? Uh, it, I, I mean, I guess for dirt, right? You technically yeah. are.
7: Yeah. For dirt. Yeah. But
4: I don't know. That's interesting. Like, I guess I would consider, I mean, I don't know. Cause like your dad de- did demolition derbies. That's, that's just a completely different ball game.
7: Yeah. Yeah.
4: So you got the itch from basically you're saying from your grandfather to, to go racing then.
7: Yeah. And then just growing up with, whenever I was born, we had the E-Mods at the garage and just growing up going out to PMS, so watch Ross driver cars, but it was definitely my grandfather that got me into it. He's the one who got me in the, my first go-kart. He's the one who started the whole, as you can say, as my people, like my mom, my dad, he my created the monster.
1: When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights.
4: You mentioned your grandfather, your dad. Those are obviously two guys that were instrumental to your racing career. Uh, We mentioned Tim Schaefer a little bit ago, but how about the people who help make your racing program happen on a weekly and annual basis?
7: I mean, besides my grandfather and dad, got to thank uh, Greater Pit Auto Body and uh, Paint Specialist, RS Fab and Equipment Services, LLC, Beaver Valley Auto Mall, uh, Pittsburgh Tire, TO Fabrication and all the guys at T.O. They help me out so much. Whatever question I have, their engineer, he'll talk to me. If we need a part, they make sure they get it to, uh, to us on time to race. So got to really thank teo and then my two crew guys i'd come on this year uh louis mattis and uh austin Grawl. they came because before this he was just me and my dad and sometimes just me and my pap and with me driving and change doing changes of where the car needs from heat race to feature it was a lot so having those two come on board this year was a big help and we really pre- appreciate those two guys
4: yeah, Austin Grall is one of those guys who I've gotten to know pretty good over the past year or two. Um, he's just one of those guys that's just dedicated. He's so passionate about the sport. Um, he's passionate about helping people. Like that's his biggest thing. Um, you know, touring with Dan Angelicchio, and then for you to pick up a guy like that—that's that's, that's got to be such a helping hand.
7: Oh yeah, it is. It is. He's a, he's a big help. I'm very thankful to have him as part of our team now.
4: And the cool thing is, is he races go karts. You know, do you still dabble at all at, at Schaefer's?
7: Yeah, that's how I met Austin. I mean, I don't. I try every year to race over there, but just race season comes and the modified takes over. But I still have a. I still have a go kart. I think I ran over there three times this year, twice in the beginning of the season. Then he had that. He's at end of the year party race in October. I raced my car over there this year. So yeah, I still have. it. I can take it over every once in a while on a Wednesday. There's nothing to do, and I'll play. Because literally, there's my race shop, a cornfield, Schaefer Speedway. (laughs) So it's like a 30-second drive. Whenever I was younger and I didn't have a driver's license and my pap would be working late or something, I couldn't – so I wouldn't have a vehicle to get to the car track. I'd have my quad in a little trailer. Me and my buddy would throw my go-car on this little, like, yard trailer and take it over on the quad, race it.
4: I needed to get to the racetrack.
7: Yep whatever it takes
4: that's definitely one of the unique ones you see buses you know back in the day you saw you saw buses and and, and even now garrett opachian drives a, uh, a a mini bus to the racetrack hauling his hobby stock but um that's i think that's the first time i've ever heard of a quad uh transferring anything to a racetrack so that's pretty cool
7: yeah it was fun Me and but we were like probably 13 years old me and my buddy just going racing go-karts on wednesday night
4: any cool other stories you got No, I can't
7: can't remember everything kind of blurs together.
4: (laughs) Well, let's hope that the 2023 season does not just blur together. Hopefully, it's just as if not even more successful for you. Uh, You know, Six years of racing, you took your licks, but you finally made it happen. You finally got that first checkered flag, made it to victory lane. You earned a track championship along the way as well, just to cap off the year. So 2023, hopefully going to be a big year for you. Uh, Any closing thoughts before we go ahead and wrap things up here, Jacob?
7: No, I'm not really just going to try to give it all oh, I got for 2023, make it better than 2022. I'm more than happy with getting a track championship this year, especially because I never would have thought like my first win and a track championship would be literally the same exact season. And just because that happened, I'm so happy and just so grateful. And I appreciate everybody who's stood behind me and helped me along the way and got me to this point. I'm going to. Continue to strive and get better.
4: Is there anywhere that fans can um, track you and and watch your progress on social media?
7: Uh, Yeah. If you look up uh, Jordan Racing on Facebook, that's where I keep everybody updated. I post during the week where we're racing, what's going on with us, how we did. So, yeah, follow Jordan Racing on Facebook. That's where I keep everybody up to date on what's going on.
4: I've made so many mistakes with your name because you're one of those guys that's got two first names uh, as a first and a last name. And I think like one of the first times I ever met you, I called you Jordan. And and, uh, I I have to catch myself every time. So I apologize if I did it at any point in this interview, by the way. No, you're all good. It happens. Everybody. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, you got quite the head of hair.
7: Yeah, I get it from my mom. Okay.
4: Yeah, I, I just I appreciate a good mullet anytime I get to see one. You got the business in the front, party in the back going on, and uh, I can't grow a mullet. At least I don't think I can. I've never tried, so I shouldn't say I can't. Uh, but I'm not willing to. But I can certainly appreciate those who do.
7: Thank you. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon because it was weird. It was it was like the week. It was probably like two days before I got my first win at PMS. I decided to like. I had a, I needed a haircut, so my one friend was like, "Oh, I'll get a mullet. I was like, "You know what? I'll get a mullet. Might as well." You know what I mean? I got the mullet, and two days later, went to PMS and I won my first race. I was like, "Oh, maybe there's maybe there's some good luck in this thing." I was like, "I think I'm going to keep it."
4: Yeah, you can't ruin a good thing if you got something going for you. You got it. You just got to leave it. Exactly. All right, Jacob Jordan, thank you so much for your time. We definitely appreciate it. Follow Jacob Jordan, Jordan Racing on Facebook. Uh, we will see you before the start of next season. Uh, we will actually see you at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center for the World of Wheels show. Yes. You're going to be there to represent Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway as a 2022 CHAC champion. I tell you what, does that, does that get tired? Do you, do you get tired of hearing that at all? Not at all. Not at all. Well, I'll tell you what, man, you earned it. So congratulations once again on all of your accomplishments this past season. We look forward to January at the Wardle Wheels Show, and we look forward to the be season fun. opener in April. Yep, it's going to be fun. All right. Once again, Jacob Jordan, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Jacob Jordan, we will see you at the track, and we'll see you at the convention center.
7: Yep, thank you for having me on, Tyler. Yep, take care. We'll see you. See ya. Number one Cochrane has
6: created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price. And it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry. We'll take it back. No questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open twenty-four-seven. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away.
3: Number one Cochrane.
2: See it all at Cochrane.com. The staff at Rapping on Racing would like to thank our marketing partners. Curtis Power Solutions, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Alternative Power Sources, Zarin Truck and Automotive, and RPS Financial Solutions. Without these companies, Rappin' on Racing would not be possible. We hope you enjoyed today's program. If you have a driver or a competitor that you would like featured at Rappin' on Racing, please send us an email to rappingonracing at gmail.com. Thank you.
1: proudly presented Wrappin' on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in for another installment of Wrappin' on Racing.
0: Stand on it, come on y'all, stand on it.